We are live back with CB basketball trainer, Coach Jaden Nichols, myself. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. Thanks for checking us out, whether you're listening on the pod, whether you're listening and checking us out on YouTube. Welcome. Thanks for checking out another episode. I haven't shaved since our basketball clinic, Jaden. I'm looking a little scraggly, I'm looking a little rough, um, but man, I'm fired up. So, but we're talking about form shooting how we break it down with Kramer basketball, some of the progressions that we use to help players really understand uh, the different types of progressions so that they can build their shot effectively. But we just had a shooting clinic up in your neck of the woods, Bowling Green, Ohio, uh, this past weekend. What are some of your thoughts and takeaways? Yeah, we had a great clinic. Um, a lot of good energy and a lot of good shooters too. Um, I think it's cool when I look back at, at my own career, I didn't start playing basketball until the fifth grade. And we've got kids that are coming in as young as second grade to work on their form shooting. And so I think the earlier you start the stuff, the, the easier it is to build muscle memory. I was just hearing there's a study somewhere that the ages between third and sixth grade is where you can really build a lot of explosiveness in your legs and in your arms. So it's kind of interesting. Like there's something to like working on the stuff early that makes sense. And a lot of stuff that we notice with kids, it, it seems to never change. It's always the same stuff from age group to age group and really focusing on getting a, a clear shot line that's, that's in line with the basket, having our guide hand there. We'll talk about a lot more details, but those are just two of the things that we work on with, with younger kids that I, I noticed a lot this week. Yeah, and so the, and you know with this specific clinic, we had grades 7 through 12 uh, shooting the basketball. We did a shooting off the dribble clinic this past weekend, and uh, we did a review over some of our form shooting, which we're going to talk about in this episode. And then everything else was shooting off the bounce in this particular three-hour clinic. And as you said, a lot of the similarities or uh, commonalities that players struggle with, um, you know, we, you see thousands of players take shots and you start to figure out, okay, I've seen this before. I've seen this before. Here's what we need to do. Here's what we need to change. Here's what's going to help you, you know, moving forward because, you know, that's the, that's the nice thing I think about my position is just being able to work with so many players, especially not from the same place, you know, different States. And so it's like, yeah, this may seem a little unique to you. I've seen your shot, like by 10 other kids, at least before, you know, we've seen, I've seen this movie before, right. It's just kind of a rerun. And I got some experience on what we've done with them, some things, some strengths and weaknesses. And so now we can plug you in and give you, I think even better instruction than we've had, you know, in the, in the past. And that takes us into some of our form shooting progressions. Um, as we've dug into shooting the basketball, when I was a younger player, and even when I was playing professionally, I'd make 50 form shots, if possible, before every single game and every single practice, really working on my mechanics and my technique. And over the years, we've, we've tweaked this, we've changed this, we've made it a heck of a lot better, and we've broke it down into four particular phases. And I'm going to have you kind of break down some of our phases, but the one thing that I want to say when we have kids for an extended period of time, like we had them for three hours and we only did shooting the basketball. If I have our kids in for an extended period of time, or maybe I don't have them there for an extended period of time, but it's a small group or it's an individual workout. And we're, especially when we're just introducing something brand new, kid wants to improve their shot. I really want them to emphasize the difference between the process and the result. 
and we are in a results-driven world. Basketball is results-driven and maybe none more so than shooting the basketball. It is immediate feedback on whether that basketball went in or not. And so it is really difficult for us to try to get the players that we work with to detach from the result and say, hey, here's the process. And it may not feel comfortable right now. And I know you just saw the basketball go in and out. Let's try not to think about that quite so much. And so some of the ways that we do that when we have players for an extended period of time are we'll start out no basketball, no hoop. And we'll go through our four phases of form shooting just out on the basketball court, trying to get them to visualize and feel in their mind's eye of what shooting the basketball in a way that may be a little new for them is like without having to see, did the ball go in or not? And after we've progressed through that for a few minutes, then we'll give them a basketball, but again, there's still no hoop and try to get them to, again, get the feel for what it's like to have the basketball in their hands, shoot it, having made some large changes or maybe some minor tweaks to their shot. But again, there's no result that we're seeing. There is no make or miss. It's just the feel and the mechanics that we're trying to build shooting the basketball. And that's the challenge, I think, once we transition to the hoop is to try to get your kids to say, all right, everything felt good without the basketball. Everything felt good with the basketball, still no hoop. Then as soon as we start to plug the hoop in there, we start to see players transitioning to the way that they've always shot it because they want the basketball to go in. That's the battle that I feel like I'm always facing as far as how to get kids to detach themselves, even though we're on the basket, saying, hey, it really doesn't matter in the shooting workout that I'm making these shots. I'm just trying to get better through the process and the progressions of shooting the basketball more efficiently. Why don't you add on to that a little bit? Cause we were actually talking about this before we hit record. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of our players, <clears throat> they really do get wrapped up. And I think it's a good thing because it shows being a competitor. Yeah. That's a, that's a huge part of basketball. Like when, when I talk about players that I want, like one of the top four things I look for is somebody who's a competitor, but we talk all the time. Like we, our identity cannot be in our performance. And yeah. so a lot of players, they cannot detach their identity from if this ball goes in or not. And whenever I'm coaching, uh, kids with specifically shooting form I try and just say it over and over again the first 10 shots are probably not going to go in when you change something because you're doing something brand new and so I'm like ignore the first thousand shots in the specific <laughs> form you're doing after that then you can look at your look at if it's going in or not we got to start with making sure we're doing the right things the results will come after 100 mm -hmm. we just had uh coach that I interviewed is a division one coach on our podcast and he was talking about the college player that he was had on his team their point guard really good at everything except shooting he made 20,000 shots throughout the course of the summer and still that next season it wasn't like the light switch went on and he was a lights out shooter now he's playing overseas and it's just been years of consistently doing that for him to make enough changes to his shot that he's actually a really good shooter and really effective player overseas. But it's important for us to remind our kids of that is, you know, there's no microwave success when it comes to shooting the basketball, especially if there's some wholesale changes that we need to make. It's going to take a long time. And in my opinion, anything worth doing really, really well is going to take a long time. So um, with all of those things in mind, those big picture themes in mind, here's how we like to break down 
our four phases of form shooting in a nutshell. So coach, why don't you go first? Yeah. Phase one, follow through. So the first thing we want to focus on is making sure that we're snapping our follow through. So we set our feet, make sure that they're in line, get our hand under the ball. I guess I can show it because we're going to have some video here. Yep. Hand is going to be under the ball and not behind the ball. Offhand is just coming off of the ball a little bit. Guide hand, offhand, however you like to word it. We're setting the ball into our shot, shot line. And then all we're doing is bringing it up and out, snapping that wrist. You can see here, fingers are going to be to the floor. Offhand is still straight. We're shooting that basketball. We note the result, checking everything, making sure that our eyes are locked on target. Wrist followed through, elbows above our eyebrow. And then we, redo, we do it all over again. So sometimes you have a partner with you who can rebound and is going to pass you the ball. Sometimes you have to go and you have to reset everything again. Again, set your feet, hand under the ball. And we're just making sure that the follow through is, is where it needs to be. Got to snap the wrist and our elbow needs to be above the eyebrow at a 45 to probably a 55 degree angle. I think Steph Curry has the, the widest angle at like a 60%. I wouldn't encourage that at a young age, but anywhere in that range is great. Anything less than 45 degree angle, you're going to have a flat shot. And we do this from about six feet out from the hoop. Anything closer becomes a layup. So we talk about that often. If you get too close, your arm's just going to go straight up. And that's just not comparable to how we're actually going to shoot the basketball from 15 feet away. Yeah, good breakdown. And the only thing I would add to that is um, we want players to concentrate on that guide hand, helping guide the basketball straight. So as coach mentioned, we don't put the guide hand on the ball, but it's still active. It's about two inches or so away from the basketball. And then as you finish on your follow through, we want you to do two taps from your guide hand to your shooting wrist to the top of the forearm. And the reason we have you do that is because it's your checkpoint of saying, did I take the shot and did I thumb it with my guide hand? Did I push it with my guide hand? Did I have my guide hand and was it down by my elbow when it should have been all the way up closer to the top of my forearm and the top of my wrist? So we're keeping the guide hand on a little bit longer. You see any great shooter, the guide hand stays on for a long time. You just talked about Steph Curry. The guide hand stays on for a long time. And sometimes when he actually takes the shot, his guide hand will actually touch the top of his wrist and, and forearm. Now, we don't necessarily recommend that, but we do when, for our form shooting. We want you to tap it a couple times just because is it there? Is your guide hand in the right position? And so from, from there... Jaden mentioned, you know, six feet away. And again, that's a little strength age size level for even our bigger, older varsity players. I probably wouldn't even go six feet because they can just like jump and make a layup from there. Maybe, maybe that phase one is seven or eight feet. So that a little bit is dependent on, you know, what a player would actually do in a game. And then we go into our phase two form shooting, which is what? It's our shot motion. So here we're making sure that we can figure out where our shooting pocket is and then getting into a, a clear motion up and out with the ball. So with our shot motion, we've added this recently, but we do what we call a roll up. So we place the ball on our thigh. And then what we do is we roll the ball up so that our wrist can get wrinkled. And so I want you to look here. My wrist is pretty flexible. So like my wrist can get all the way to a night, almost a 90 degree angle. And we have some players who can shoot like this too. Some people might be a little more like this and that's totally fine too. But we want some sort of wrist wrinkle. Otherwise we're shooting with a flat wrist and it's really hard to generate any sort of um, good follow through if we don't have any sort of wrinkle in our wrist. 
So that's why we do that is we roll the ball up, get that wrinkle in our wrist, and then we're just bringing the ball up and out, which again, it just stacks on what we just did. So it's, it's phase one again, but now our guide hand is on the ball and we're pushing through it just like coach was talking about. Is there anything else you want to add to that? No, it's, it's great that see we can get, we get touch from snapping our wrist. We get some power from our wrist and what I've noticed is kids will load the wrist, but they'll do it at the last second. And so that's what we want to get a, away from just because that's another thing that could go wrong from a timing piece. You'd have to time it just right to be able to bring the basketball up with a flat wrist, load the wrist at the last second, and then let it go. It's just harder. You can make shots doing that. I just think it's harder for you to do it. If we take care of business early, one of the keys to being a great shooter is shot preparation. Take care of business early. So one of the things that you can do, pin that basketball on your on your quad, roll the basketball up a little bit, put your guide hand on it. All right, guide hand is touching, got a wrinkled wrist. And as soon as you start to bring the basketball up and you start to feel your palm underneath the basketball, then you can take that motion to the hoop. And we still tap our guide hand to our shooting wrist in the beginning of these phases, just to make sure that we're not, again, we're not trying to thumb it. We're not pushing Again, there's players that do some of this and you can shoot the basketball well. I was one that, that did it. But, you know, the more you're able to take care of some of these extra variables. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving mid-Michigan in the thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. And they also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles with one of the largest selections of trucks in the state. They are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin are truck country. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. And I can tell you firsthand from purchasing a couple different vehicles from Richardson Automotive, they are all about service. Stop in and see them today. They will get you right. The, the better shooter you can become. And I think the easier it is to become a better shooter, the easier it becomes also the faster you start to see some of these progressions. And while we're going through our four phases, we're also backing it up, right? So if we did phase one from six, seven, eight feet, then we'll go phase two, but we've stepped back a little bit. Now we're maybe eight, nine, 10 feet away from the basket. And then we go into phase three, which is our, our body motion shooting. Coach Nichols, you want to break that down? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the way coach just, just mentioned that body motion. So we teach ball low, body low, ball high, body high. So in this one, we actually still do the roll up, place the ball in our quad, roll it up. But while we roll it up, we're also loading our hips. And so uh, the way I like to distinguish this is to make sure that our hips are back and not down. So it's not a squat. So we're not squatting with the basketball. We're loading our hips back so that we can launch forward. So there's a specific kind of angle there. But when you load your hips back, your body still does go naturally lower. So ball low, body low, ball high, body high. So now we're focusing on, is there a one motion or a two motion shot? Um, are we making sure that the ball is going up and out in one fluid motion and our hips loading and then coming out at the same time that we're bringing the ball up? So this is where we're actually bringing our legs into it. We didn't mention anything about the lower body the first two phases. Phase three is where we add our lower body. And I think that's huge. And, and the reason, one of the reasons we progress it that way is because the ball needs to move first 
because the ball has a lot farther to travel than your body. Coach was just explaining the hips come back a little bit. The hips aren't going to go back two or three feet. They're going to go back a matter of inches, right? If you think about where we get power from in our lower body, hips, knees, and ankles, those are our three levers, right? So a lot of times if you just put your hips back a little bit, you're going to get a little natural bend in your knees. You're going to feel a natural bend in your ankles. And then as the basketball starts to come up first, and we start to get to the point where you're starting to feel hand get underneath the ball. That's when we start to time it. Hips, knees, ankles unload while we're getting into our top levers, which is shoulder, elbow, wrist coming out. And then we have power into our shot. And I wish there was like a magic sequence or timing. You say at this point, that's when you unload everything. But every, God, again, I always say God made everybody different, right? It's going to look a little bit different. The timing of this is going to look a little different. I'm 6'3". I got a 6'7 wingspan. It's going to look different than somebody who is, you know, 5'10 with a 5'10 wingspan or seven feet tall with a seven foot nine wingspan, right? Like it, it's just going to look a little bit different from everybody. The, the point is, do we understand the ball needs to move first? And then we incorporate hips, knees, ankles begin to unload as we're getting into our shot motion. If players bring ball and body at the exact same time, this is why we say ball low, body low, ball high, body high, right? Ball high and then body high. Ball comes high. If the body comes up as the basketball is going to move, your lower half is going to be unloaded and the basketball is not going to be in a position to really release it and take that shot. And that's why we'll see players who struggle. You know, they'll be front rim on a lot of shots. They won't have three point range on a lot of shots. It's not because they're not strong enough. It's not because they haven't been practicing. It's just because the timing of their release isn't there. And so that's our third progression. And again, we've slightly backed it out. So now we're probably doing that from 10 to 12 feet away from the basket, slowly pulling this away from the hoop. And then we go into trying to tie all of this together. And I should say, when those hips come forward, we're finishing up on the toes. This is kind of, phase three is kind of like a free throw, essentially, right? We're not jumping, but we're working on unloading a little bit. And now we get into phase four, coach. Yeah, and phase four is game speed shots. So this is, you're shooting exactly how you would shoot in a game. So that means full speed, we're getting our feet set. Ideally, you'll have a partner with you who can pass you the ball. So our feet are ready, hands are ready, hips are loaded. We get that catch and we can go right up into our shot motion and do everything that we just practiced from phase one to phase three, but then game speed. Mm -hmm. and so there's not a whole lot of instruction that's, that's here. We're, we're coming off of our feet. We're making sure that we're finishing our toes either in front of where we jumped or exactly where we jumped, not behind and not sideways. We're making sure that we stick that follow through, that we're holding our wrist out until we see if it went in or not. And then we're making sure that we, after we follow through, arms sway, making sure that we're relaxed, getting ready for the next shot and re rinse, repeat. And so this, at this point, this one, we're actually looking at what's the result of our shot. This is typically where we see a lot of regression happen. So you might've fixed something in the first three. And so this is where to notice what, what do I still need more reps in before it becomes muscle memory. And a lot of internal communication has to happen during game speed shots. And so us as coaches, we probably do a lot of coaching, a lot of talking the first two hours, and then we hope by the last hour that you're talking to yourself, specifically on a three-hour camp. And when I work individually with players, usually that's how it goes too. Sure. 
You're right. The progressions have taken care of themselves. We've pulled it back to closer to 15 feet. And to us, this is still form shooting, even though it's game speed shots. And you're taking these shots and you mentioned the regression. And this is what I want to emphasize. We're still monitoring ourselves, right? It's not just the coach evaluating the player, but this is when we ask our players as we've progressed into phase four game speed shots, what is that thing that went backward? And I don't mean backward, backward. I mean, what's the thing that is holding you back from being a better shooter? What's that one tendency that you have with your shot that we've worked on? We've talked about the mechanics. We repped it out. And as soon as we started going game speed, you're like, ah, that's holding me back. Now, we want them to feel that. We want them to understand that. And then it gives us an idea of, all right, this is one of the weak links in this player's shot. Now we know we can continue to emphasize this more when we're working with them the next time. We're obviously communicating to that to them because any great shooter is putting time in on their own. It's how you really become a great shooter so that they can concentrate on that one specific piece. An easy one is obviously something that the guide hand does, whether it's, you know, you're, you're pushing, you're thumbing it, and you're starting to go game speed, and now you're seeing the basketball miss right and left, whereas you went through the first three phases, and everything was pretty straight, pretty straight, pretty straight. And so any type of teaching tidbit right there is, is really beneficial for our players. Um, and then this is also where we'll start to see some regressions. We can see regressions in any way, but phase four is where we also start to see some regressions in the rhythm and the timing of the release of the shot. Everything will look good as we're going slow. We're not going game speed. And then phase four, we're going game speed. And you'll start to see possibly hips, knees, ankles unload before the basketball is really at a point where you're going to really take that motion to the basket. You see players have some kinks as far as the motion of the shot and when it times out for more power, say, okay, it's, a, it's just a timing piece. It's not a mechanic piece as far as where your shoulder is, shoulder to the rim, where your offhand is. It's simply about working on the timing of when you unload hips, knees, ankles, while you're getting into your follow through shoulder, elbow, wrist. And again, the perfect time for this, there is no super specific time for it because every body is just a little bit different. And also how high people jump is going to be a little bit different. And so that's something that you're going to have to take into account, whether somebody jumps, you know, two inches off the floor and it's more of a momentum just carrying them off or somebody jumps, you know, a foot and a half off the floor when they're taking a jump shot. It just depends. But um, that's a little bit of an overview on our four phases of form shooting. Um, you know, there's a ton of little details and tidbits that we can dive into. And, you know, at our shooting camps, we talk about this without the ball with the ball, with the ball in the basket, you know, we give them the handouts. We'll send out like videos of, of what it looks like with me demonstrating and all of these different things to help players get, you know, the best idea of how they can start to do these form shooting progressions every single day. And in my opinion, if you come to, to a workout or practice and you knock down these 50 shots, 10 follow through, 10 ball motion, 15 body motion and 15 game speed shots, you're going to feel good and ready to, to get your shots up, to get your workout in, whatever that might be. Yeah, and I, I just want to add one last thing, too. Uh, basketball has character development. So ideally, as you're doing form shooting, you're going to become more and more self-aware. So players that 
that are good shooters, they can tell you the stuff they do wrong. And Coach Kramer can tell you exactly what he does wrong when he's missing a shot. I could tell you what I do wrong when I'm missing a shot. So we're helping players build that sort of self-awareness. And it's something that, again, can be done in pregame before workout. And this is overall going to make you a better shooter. I've never seen it not make someone a better shooter if they're doing and really putting in the work and really trying to build the self-awareness to do things the right way. Yeah. Well said, coach. You know, and the, and the key for me is, you know, we get the kids that come to our stuff, they're serious, but they want to get better, right? This isn't babysitting. This isn't, you know, part of the, they, like they said, I want to go to the shooting camp, for example. Um, but still to get them to detach themselves from the results and to try to think more about the process and the slow progress that they're going to make. And sometimes progress means missing more shots and going backward. That's really hard for, for me, for anybody to, to really embrace, but that's what we have to do when it comes to making ourselves better shooters, getting them to understand that as well. And we think these shooting progressions will certainly help. So thanks for checking out the coaches edge podcast form shooting episode with coach Jake Nichols. You're on YouTube, smash the like button. You're on the coaches edge podcast. Be sure to check out our other episodes uh, as we dig into more shooting aspects of the basketball throughout the course of the summer. Coach Nichols, we'll see you again very soon. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Sir, get after it.